All right, everybody, welcome to BO Boys for Monday, April 18th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Pat, wow, I think we might be bearing witness to Mm. the end of a franchise, at least theatrically. Yeah, I mean, I think that it, it depends how you label this franchise. I think we're we're witnessing the end of a sub franchise, you know, of a of a piece of a franchise. I think the larger franchise is going to continue, is going to continue theatrically someday. But I think this this franchise offshoot, I think, may be dead and buried after this weekend. So, um, and I'm sure everyone listening knows exactly what we're talking about because, you know, th- this is the news of the moment. Absolutely, and it's in the title. It's in the title. So if you've read the title, the title of this episode, yeah. you know what we're talking about. And we're talking about. Let's go straight into this plow. Number one, Fantastic Beast: The Secrets of Dumbledore made forty two point one million dollars in its first weekend. Number two, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 made $29.3 million, down 59%. It added 24 theaters, and it's at $118.9 million in its second weekend. Number three, The Lost City made $6.2 million, down 31%. It lost 357 theaters. It is at $78.2 million in its fourth frame. Number four, Everything Everywhere All at Once made $6.1 million. That's a increase of 2%. It added 970 theaters. It's at 17.6 in its fourth frame. And number five, Father Stew, $5.4 million. Uh, It's at 7.7 million dollars altogether in its first weekend because it opened on Tuesday in the middle of the afternoon. So mm-hmm. that is your top five. Father Stew sneaking in there. Yeah, Father Stew. Good for Father Stew. I mean, we talked about last week that Father Stew is, obviously seems pretty low budget. This isn't a Mark Wahlberg, Peter Berg joint. It may have know, been as low as four million dollars. Yeah, I mean, I think that all lends credence to the theory I put out last week that this was a real Mark Wahlberg uh, passion project. This is this is a passion of the Wahlberg right here. Absolutely, you know, th- this is he wanted to play a priest. He wanted to see his mom. Uh, he wanted his mom to be able to see him dress as a priest. And you know, Sony again. He did Uncharted. Sony's high on him. So of course, they found four million dollars under the couch cushions, and they let. Mark Wahlberg dress up as a priest. And you know what? $7.7 million in its first week. A lot of families probably went to go see it on Easter. Not a lot of families, but enough families that this will probably, you know, turn out even in the wash. I, I don't I, think Father Stu is going to is gonna bankrupt anyone. Well, the thing about Father Stu is that I do, and I might be wrong about this, but I think Wahlberg did help finance this himself a little bit as well. Wow. And so it is, wow. ob- it is like you said, a passion uh, project for him. And mm-hmm. it's really trying to take the church bus movie into a different level of 
star, right? Because Wahlberg, mm. we can say, is not as burning as bright as he used to, obviously. But he's probably the biggest level star to ever star in one of these religious type movies. Yeah, I mean, you he's definitely a bigger star than your Greg Kinnears. Or your or Kevin your, Sorbos. Uh, I mean, your Kevin Zorbos, your Dean Cain's. But I think the, the Kevin Zorbos and Dean Cain's were the original level of church bus movies. And then it progressed on to your Jennifer Garner's, your Greg Kinnears, you know, your Dennis Quaid's and uh, your Zachary Levi's who did mm. uh, American Underdog. You've gotten to that level of star. You know, people who have maybe gotten astray Oscar nom 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 and have been in big projects. But like Mark Wahlberg is a legit movie star, not at the peak of his powers. But listen, the guy's the second lead in Uncharted, which is uh, uh, going to do what? 150 million domestic, multiple hundreds of millions worldwide just this, this past year. Mm-hmm. So Mark Wahlberg is the biggest star to try and uh, headline a church bus movie. And, you know, listen, Father Stew, if it gets itself to double digits uh, and, and Mark Wahlberg's mom got to see Mark Wahlberg with a, with a collar on, giving out the Eucharist on the big screen, uh, I think it's a success. You know, that's a success for this project. Yeah. So initially this was in the works, according to Wahlberg, with David O. Russell possibly wow. writing it. And then uh, Wahlberg put millions and millions of dollars of his own money into the project. So wow, this is close to his heart. Yeah. I mean, this was Wahlberg given back, I mm-hmm. guess. Or at least in his mind, this is how he, he gave back. Is he, get, he financed Father Stu and that, uh, you know... You know, that that was his penance, or at least Mark Warburg, maybe he thinks, you know, that th- this was his 50 Hail Marys as he just, he financed Father Stu. So, you know, good for him. Good for him. So from the bottom to the top, and mm. we're saying this, I mean, this ain't a top that anybody's too proud of being at. No. Well, no. proud of being the number one movie in America, but not proud with this number. 42.1 for Fantastic mm-hmm. Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Now, we all said, me, you, and Danny, who was our guest last episode. Yep, the, the creator and host of I Screen, You Scream, comma, four movies. Danny, you know, if you haven't checked out his podcast, listen to that. He was here last week. And yeah, we all agreed Fantastic Beast 3 was going to open low. Did did we all did any of us have 42 on the head? I feel like we were all around low 40s, maybe even thinking it could dip into the high 30s. But yeah. we were pretty much around this number. We called yes, what we called this pretty close. What we did not get right was Sonic drop 59, which you know, we were high on our Sonic love. Me and Danny had seen it. You had not seen it, but you felt our residual mm-hmm. our residual glow from it that we mm-hmm. thought this would hold better than a normal blockbuster, and it didn't. 59 is by no means disastrous, obviously, for a second weekend. It's kind of par for the course, but we wanted it, I think. We were willing it to beat this 
dead in the water franchise, Fantastic Beasts. And just to give some context here, the first movie opened to 74.4. That was the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And then the second film opened to 62.1. That was Grindelwald, whatever the name mm-hmm. of that movie was. Crimes of Grindelwald. Crimes of Grindelwald. And this is just a precipitous drop from mm-hmm. those two. Mm-hmm. And all the buzz is bad. Everybody's saying this is going to end on on HBO Max as a series if it gets tied up altogether at all. People are saying J.K. Rollins should sell Wizard World or Wizarding World to Warner Brothers a la Lucas selling mm-hmm. Star Wars and Lucas Films to... Well, now- I I did say that to you this past weekend. You Have did. you heard that elsewhere? Yes, I've heard that many other okay. places. You have. Okay, okay. Because yes. I, I just want to be careful that uh, you know uh, that I'm not being ripped off or that our private conversations are not being wiretapped. No, no, no. You know, we always have to make sure of that. But no, I listen. You look at at, at this opening weekend, forty two million. After, like you said. That first movie opened uh, back in 2016 at 74. Then the next one in 2018 at 62. 42 million is an absolute disaster. You never want to see these series trending down. But to trend this far down, the Fantastic Beast series cannot go on anymore theatrically. And I, and I know you hear a lot out there about how these movies make so much money internationally and maybe. This movie is not going to make enough internationally to break even. Mm-hmm. And there is no reason to finance $200 million movies that you don't expect to make a lot of money on. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's no re- And from what I've heard, there is not a script for a fourth movie. So why would this opening weekend lead to Warner Brothers commissioning a script? It's just. It's not going to happen. This series is dead. You have a you have a better chance of the Father Stew franchise continuing than the Fantastic Beasts franchise. And I told you off mic in the hallway mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that there was a certain demo here that would shock you. Okay. And I don't know necessarily if it's going to shock you, but it is definitely not boding well for the continuation of this franchise. Okay. Not that anything is boding well for it, but a whopping 70% of the audience for this film was over 25. Oh. So this... Oh my God, that's so old. We also, I know, it's disgusting. We were having a conversation sometime earlier later last week or something like that i can't remember when it was because we talk about movies a lot which is again why you know sirius xm or terrestrial radio you know k-rock something like that needs to pay the bo boys to do a daily show because there's just every day we're having these conversations and they they just you know they don't get recorded uh like they should and that's a shame saying the other day we were talking and you were saying that the sonic like the the like the, the the sonic pe- the people going to see sonic 2 
mm-hmm. are are going to cross over with the people who are going to see this. You 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 basically were say, acting as if it was a kids movie. Well, that there would be some degree of family kids appeal to Fantastic Beast three. Yeah, and that Sonic the Hedgehog two being in the marketplace. You know, there there would be that overlap. Is families would have to make a choice. Yeah, and I feel like that. I, I, I don't want to say you were wrong because you're not because there is a level of it, but not as much as you thought because no. this is this is for elder millennials and older. It mm-hmm. feels like, and that is not yes. and that is not going to get this franchise new fans. It's not going to sustain a franchise. You need to have a young fan base. Yeah. I mean, I think when you look at this Fantastic Beast franchise on its own, you you separate it from the larger Harry Potter uh, fan base. Mm-hmm. But there are not fans of this movie, of this franchise, who are high school, college, young 20s. They, they don't care. Yes. You know, if anything, to whatever degree, you know, sort of Twitter spats and you know public relations stuff matters i do think there's a degree of people in that age group do not love the creator of this franchise you know so i i think it's it's kept maybe some of that audience from like jumping into this well because oh sorry well and the kids don't care because it's these movies have not been good and they just haven't hooked the kids the way sonic does so the kids don't care about J.K. Rowling on Twitter, but they also don't care about Grindelwald because Grindelwald is boring. And so they never got into it. This is a kid series that is only liked by people in their 30s and 40s who grew up on Harry Potter and hope that Harry Potter might do a cameo in these movies. Because there's no fucking kids in it. I'm looking at the poster right now. You've got Jude Law. You've got uh, Mads Mikkelsen. You've got... Eddie Redmayne and oh then a bunch of other people down there and none of them are, who is the relatable character here for a kid Harry I mean, Potter Jude they Law, were kids Jude Law appeals to adults in their 40s and 50s as someone who they remember as used to have being a hot young guy when they were in their 20s Mads Mikkelsen appeals to people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s as like a cool art house international guy. And then Eddie Redmayne appeals to nobody at any age, any creed, any gender. No, Eddie Redmayne has zero positive appeal. So, And these monsters, these beasts, they have not caught on. You know? These are, these are not... Uh, uh, Beasts that have gotten famous across two. You can't do two movies with Fantastic Beasts and tell me by that third movie, there's not one beast who has any pop culture significance. And that's where we're at. There's no fan. There's no famous beasts out of these Fantastic Beasts. Exactly. Name a beast. I mean, we're not the we're we're not the we are the target age group for this movie. Which is a problem. Which is a problem. But we, me and you are not Harry Potter people at all in any at any level. But I can't name a beast. And if you right. asked a kid to name a fantastic beast, they would not 
maybe not even know what you're talking about. They might come right. up with some beast of their own in their own imagination because they're not even thinking about this film. Right, right, right. And, and they would say, is that is that like a Twitch account? Fantastic Beast? Is that like a Twitcher that I that that I'm supposed to know of? Yes. They, they wouldn't even connect that to like, no, it's actually you know, the, these beasts from the Harry Potter verse. They're like, what? What is, what is any of these words you're saying, dude? You know, because it, they would say dude now because I think it's cyclical and I think dude is back. But, I feel like dude is like yeah. always perennial. Who knows? I, we're so, perennial. We're, okay. we're not in touch. We don't talk to kids and we shouldn't. Right, but right, right. Other than Danny, we talk to Danny. You know, we email with Austin. We, we you know, we just had a great episode of David Thompson's podcast. Yes, yes. Cinema Spending. So uh, wherever you're listening to the B.O. Boys, look up Cinema Spending. We're on the newest episode of that, talking about the box office surprise of the 2010s. The host of that show was also in the Danny age range. You know, yes. early 20s, I think maybe mid-20s. And, you know, same boat. He doesn't, he doesn't seem to give a shit about Fantastic Beasts, no one does. Here, I'm going to throw this out, and of course this is anecdotal, but but I think it's also boots-on-the-ground reporting that, that does speak to a larger concern. I spoke to a, uh, 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 a contact who is in that Harry Potter fandom zone. You know, she's uh, later 20s. I was pegging her around there. And huge Harry Potter fan. Die-hard Harry Potter fan, read every book twice, seen every movie in the theaters, uh, knows everything there is to know about Harry Potter, been to Harry Potter world, the whole thing. This is a super fan. Well, I met her, and, and she sorted me into a house. Sorted you into a house just by sight. That's how good she is. She could look at someone, know what, what uh, Harry Potter house you should be in. And... Asked her, and she has seen both of these Fantastic Beast movies in the theaters. In fact, we saw the second one in the theaters with her. Yes, we did. And I asked her on Thursday or on Friday morning, are you going to see Fantastic Beast 3, The Secrets of Dumbledore? And she told me, this Harry Potter super fan, she said, ha, ha, ha. We were talking over uh, uh, a Slack. You know, we were, this isn't real life. She didn't say ha, ha, ha. But uh, she goes, ha, 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 I forgot that was even coming out. Ugh. I totally missed that. And then I was like, well, now that you know, now that I've informed you, are you going? She said, to be honest, I didn't really like the second one. I don't think I'm that into the Fantastic Beasts. So when wow. you lose this person who is in that millennial group, who is in the group of people who grew up on Harry Potter, who dressed as Hermione on Halloween, I'm sure, you know. You lose that person, that is how you end up with a $42 million opening weekend for a movie that cost over $200 million to make. That's where, that is how that happens. Wow. Because the kids don't care, the college kids don't care, or kind of against this franchise when the 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 millennial Harry Potter super fans, when they don't even care, then you have a dead, like I said, sub franchise. Because I think the the Harry Potter franchise, they're gonna keep making movies coming out of that. 
but this Fantastic Beast sub-franchise is dead. Well, it is dead. Can you pull up our email? Because I, I unfortunately don't have access right now because I had to dump some cookies over the weekend. And okay. I'm not signed into our 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 email. But so whose email are you, are you looking for here? Okay, so so wannabe old boy Mika, host of the Macaw Podcast Universe and other podcasts that we've done guest spots on in the past. Great show. They cover franchises, the Macaw Podcast Universe. So I'm going to read a email that Mika just sent us. Uh, so after listening to today's episode, I have something to share that may interest you when discussing Fantastic Beasts. Jordan and I are covering the movie on our podcast, the Macaw Podcast Universe, and when we cover a new release, we see it the first weekend and then the following Friday our episode drops. I have such a dislike of this Fantastic Beast series that we bought tickets for Monday night so that our money will not contribute to the opening weekend. That's how much they are messing up this series, and we are the target demo. So that is damning. It's so damning. That is damning. So this person and and uh, their partner are seeing this movie because they have to because they're covering this series on their podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a situation a lot of people nowadays find themselves in. They have to see a movie because they have to cover it for their podcast. But this person did not want to contribute to the opening weekend box office, hates the franchise. Again, says, quote, they are messing this series up and we're the target demo. That is damning. God, send that email straight to. Who's wait, who is this? No, Warner Brothers. Sorry. Send that email. Fuck it. It's a raw feed. Send that email straight to Warner Brothers. Mm hmm. They mm-hmm. need to know this. And and that's yeah. the thing. So I, I just want to touch on the J.K. Rowling thing broadly. I'm not going to get mm-hmm. specific. But we also were talking about this off mic. And the thing with J.K. Rowling is you have the the regular fan base that's hardcore who have their feelings about her. And those are whatever their feelings are. But then mm-hmm. you have the younger people who don't have an investment as much in maybe they do a little bit in Harry Potter, but not fantastic beasts to the point where they're not even going to mess with it because they don't have right. to deal with their conflicting emotions. Why would they get sucked into something where they have to have conflicting emotions about something? They can just say, well, I heard this and not for me. So why even get invested? And so that's why you're right. not getting these young people. You're not getting right. these young people right. because they're like, I'm not going to get messed up in all that Michigash. Like, t- yes, to me, I'm she's, not going to get involved. Yeah, she's she's these bad things I hear on on the internet. So why even dip my toes into that? Those kids are smart. They're like, why am I going to put my back against the wall for for this franchise and this person? It's like just throw the baby out with the bathwater, and I understand right. that for young, or, or, young or never, or never get in the bathwater in the first place. Oh yeah, they they don't even want they don't even want to go in the bathroom. Right, right, right. J.K. Rowling, yeah, because listen, that happens every generation. There, there's a a person who becomes a, a big issue, and then the younger generation has the option to just not get involved. You know, there's there's a generation of people who have to have their conflicting emotions about 
Woody Allen movies. And then there's a generation that just is decided we're never going to have to watch Woody Allen movies. Yes. And I think the J.K. Rowling Harry Potter franchise is in that boat where the younger generation just says, I'm not going to get involved in all this. Next. Exactly. You know, they say next. Yeah, they say next. And so that's that's a thing I think that is huge for Warner Brothers too. And then we also have, uh, have talked about how those original stars are not going to come back if she's connected. So right. unless she's- That's the big problem. Unless she sells- the, uh, I don't see a way forward with Warner Brothers and this franchise. Right. In any in if, any form. If you're Warner Brothers, the thing that you really want to have happen at this point because they tried to do a brand new franchise and it completely belly flopped. You know, Fantastic Beasts was their way of we could tell that we could do Harry Potter stuff but we don't need Harry Potter and that belly flopped. So now Warner Brothers the easiest way forward would be pony up and you get Daniel Radcliffe, you get Emma Watson, you get the redheaded kid, and you do Harry Potter movies where they, you know, uh, they train the next generation. You mm-hmm. do their requill thing with them because everyone wants Harry. They want Hermione. They want redheaded kid. Mm-hmm. And I agree. I don't think those actors come back if they have to go on a press junket tour with J.K. Rowling. You know, if they have to talk about how J.K. Rowling's new story is just so incredible and we love saying her words. I don't think those actors come back. They got their money. You know, Daniel Radcliffe is is screwing around in Fart and Corpse movies and he's in The Lost City and Emma Watson is Belle. You know, Emma Watson has done great for herself and the redheaded kids got an ice cream truck. They don't need to come back. And I think Warner Brothers is screwed if they don't get those kids back to bless the next generation of movies. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So so we'll see what happens with that. I mean, the like you said and other people have said. Maybe you back up the brinks, but with J.K., she's already so rich. And those books are never going to stop selling, it feels like. Right, 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 right. I think I think the books is a different situation than the movies because books, you don't have to, like, constantly do press and have big opening weekends and all that the way you do with movies. It's just a steady stream of money. And mm-hmm. I don't know if she would. She's got so much money. Listen, everyone's got a price, you know, that it's been said before by very smart uh, people. Everyone's got a price. But I don't know if Warner Brothers is going to be able to get to the price that, you know, the George Lucas level where they're able to just buy it kit and caboodle from the from the creator of the franchise. But I I mean for Warner Brothers that's the best situation is that they are able to just completely divorce jk rowling from the harry potter franchise yeah because if but but the thing is if they buy it there's no uh, there's no a hundred percent certainty that those original cast members will come back right because they're also rich and they're also interested in doing other things so right they're in a real quagmire right now warner brothers and i don't envy them no 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 um, so we'll keep following Fantastic Beasts. I mean, 
next weekend could be a really, really awful number in its second weekend, but we'll get to that when we do our predictions. I mean, looking at the rest of this top five, Sonic dropped 59%, like you said, which I think that it's totally makes sense. That's just the level that big movies drop from one to two. And Sonic is not going to be any different from the normal big blockbuster movies. Um, Lost City at number three is now at 78.2 million after four weeks. Good hold again. It only dropped 31%. Clayton, I'm going to hit you with a, with a question. Does Lost City still have a shot of getting to 100 million domestic? Does it have $22 million left? What do you think? I, I, I think so. And we got an email from Austin, one of B.O. Boy mm-hmm. Austin, and he similarly believes it has a shot because he was looking at the weekday numbers mm-hmm. for the Lost City. And, mm-hmm. and he's saying how they're pretty strong. And this could be a movie that just has legs and keeps playing to the point where it reaches 100. Or Paramount does something like wait until something else comes out and do a double feature at Mm drive-ins with The Lost City and another film and does the thing that nobody in F9 did last summer, get nobody Mm -hmm. a little bit more of a bump. I think Paramount... He he suggests that with when Top Gun 2, when Maverick comes out on Memorial Day, because that's a Paramount movie. So he's he's opining that maybe Paramount does that with Maverick, does a twofer at the, at the uh, drive-ins with Top Gun 2 and Lost City, which is a, it's a great idea. And I think if I'm Paramount, I mm. push for 100 on this film. Mm-hmm. Now, the issue with that is that this movie's going to be going to Paramount Plus before that. Mm-hmm. So how much will that cut into it? I don't know, but I think Maverick is going to be a total uh, across-the-board smash. So porting Lost City with it makes sense because you're mm-hmm. going to have a bunch of age groups watching that movie. And mm-hmm. Lost City is appropriate for pretty much all of those age groups. I mean, I think... The big thing is Lost City now is definitely going to get into the 90s domestic. And I think as the weeks go on, it's clear this was a success. You know, we finally got a non-IP for adults movie star movie that'll get into the 90s. Maybe it hits 100. We'll see. But, uh, you know, four four weekends in, good holds for Lost City. It's, it's definitely looking like a success. Do you think it goes um, over 100? I don't. I do think it stalls around 95. Okay. But we'll see. Listen, obviously, I'm hoping for it. Because, listen, these are when you get to that level, it doesn't actually mean anything for the bottom line. You know, it becomes about just round numbers. Um, But, listen, round numbers, you know, those are the things people remember. So I hope it gets to 100. But I, I feel like it's got maybe 18 or $19 million left. I get, like that. Uh, we'll see. I think that hundred number is important because then other people who are pitching similar projects can say Lost City made a hundred. Right. No, I agree. Lost round numbers are great. You know, I they, I they still have... blame Will Smith for overshadowing that great first weekend of the Lost City with his foolishness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like 
everybody would have been talking about Coda and The Lost City after the Oscars if Will hadn't lost his mind. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of small decisions could, could turn, uh, create all these different future possibilities, which of course is the, one of the, uh, plot lines of our number four film of the week, everything, everywhere, all at once, a multiverse movie, 6.1 million, actually a little increase over what it made last weekend because it added 970 theaters this movie is at 17.6 million dollars it's an a24 you know indie comedy film clayton where are you at on this movie and its take i mean to me this looks great you know that the 17.6 million dollar take after two weekends in wide release looks incredible but but do you yeah. see it differently i mean i feel like this Great. It's great that it's number four. It's great that it gained, but it only gained 2% after adding 970 theaters. So it's feeling like whoever is going to see this movie is has seen it and saw it this past weekend. You know, like... Uh, I, huh. I don't feel... Wow, that's a low take on this. I'm surprised. I don't feel like this is going to break out in the way that everybody expects it to. I don't think it's going to beat Uncut Gems for the A24 record, which is like 40. Because if... I don't know if it expands more, you're going to see it increase. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot there. You know, if you go by the Uncut Gems... $50 $50 million high watermark. I don't think everything everywhere should ever have been thought to get to that level. Cause that was still a movie that was top line by a giant movie star, you mm-hmm. know, even though that was a sort of bleak indie crime type movie, it was still Adam Sandler as the lead, you know, everything everywhere all at once is Michelle Yeoh and uh, data from the Goonies, and then Jamie Lee Curtis in a supporting part. So to me, that bar shouldn't be, it has to beat Uncut Gems. I mean, to me, this movie is breaking out. I mean, it made more money this week than it did last week. Again, it increased the theater count, but that's still that amount of people going to see it. You know, this is a movie that does not have giant movie stars and i think the buzz is really high on this you know like i think to whatever degree word of mouth matters it's got good word of mouth i feel like well now it's it's officially the domestically the number 10 the 10th highest a24 grossing film of all time right behind Mm. the farewell so it's gonna be top 10 for A24 of all time. I feel like there's going to be so many more movies coming that are just going to start eating its lunch. And especially when you look at something like Doctor Strange, it's just nobody's going to go see everything all at once once Doctor Strange is out. We've got three new movies coming this week that we're going to talk about this coming weekend. And... I think a lot of people who would maybe see everything everywhere all at once are going to see 
Norseman instead or the Nicolas Cage genius movie. I think there Mm. is – I think this movie has – it's just not going to withstand the summer season. Well, I mean, I guess it's – I guess – to make this easier, like, where do you like? Do you think this is a movie that's going to suddenly stall out in the twenties? You know, because you're obviously talking pretty low on your expectations for that. But what what do you see that meaning? Well, because if this doesn't, if this does not, if this movie does not open any wider, okay, mm-hmm. it's going to start falling. And if it falls by fifty percent, then that's three million dollars. Mm-hmm. So it's probably maybe going to get into the 30s. Right. Right. Which I mean, I guess I guess we're just looking at as different. I mean, to me, a month ago, anyone saying this movie gets into the 30s seemed like that's a big success. So, I mean, if if now the low water mark is this movie getting to 30 million, I think that means this was a hit. Well, how you know for the standard of what this movie was ever supposed to be? How I feel about a twenty four is that we're the bo boys, so Mm -hmm. we got to think about the money aspect of the films. And if this, but I mean, this movie is not going to threaten uncut gems or Lady Bird or those higher echelon films, then I don't have much interest in talking about it, making an okay... I mean, it's making a, a, a way above average for an A24 film, but there's I don't think there's much interest here unless it's really going to make a ton of money. That's just yeah. my perspective on this. I mean, I guess, I guess just with an A24, I'm just pulling up their all-time... This movie is pretty much a sure thing to, at worst, be the fourth highest domestic grocer they've ever put out. Because it's Uncut Gems made $50 million in 2019. It's not going to get to that. We don't think, but who knows? It, it could. Lady Bird made $49 million. And Hereditary has made $44 million. Everything else A24 has ever put out... They have nothing the, the the next highest is like 27 million, which this is gonna pass. So everything everywhere is gonna be the fourth highest grocer they've ever put out and has a chance at being like the third highest. I think it could pass hereditary at 44. It probably won't get to Ladybird at 48 or Uncut Gems at 50. So, so you my know, thought- everything's in its context, like we shouldn't be obviously this movie's not going to make doctor strange money but for what it is it does seem like it's broken out yeah my my thought with it is that let's talk about it when it's at that level you know what i mean when mm-hmm. it when we're talking about oh could it beat hereditary that kind of thing that's my thought right, right. i'm just saying right. cuz especially now cuz we have three new movies to talk about and, you know, this movie made $6 million, which is great, but it's not like with the 940 theater increase, it went up 25% or mm-hmm. 30% or 40%. Like, I mean, it didn't, it, that to me means that it's, it play, it's playing great on the coasts 
And once everybody sees it, what's the what's the rest of the country going to do? Yeah. Well, we'll see in the weeks to come. Yeah. So so do you, let's go into then what's coming out this weekend. Yes, because we got three so, big, big movies. Well, so do you want to start with a movie that for a second we thought was an A24 movie because of the director, but then we looked a little deeper and it actually is a universal release. Do we want to start with The Northman? Yeah, I think we need to start with The Northman because I – we had been talking about this movie like it was an A24 movie because of the director. And I even Googled that. And there were several posts on Reddit asking the same question. Why did I think this was an A24 movie? And it's because mm-hmm. Robert Eggers, who is the director of this film, his previous two films, The Witch in 2016 and The Lighthouse in 2019, were both A24 movies. Mm-hmm. So we assumed he was an A24 guy. Now, I I guess those movies internationally were distributed by Universal. Okay. So there is a connection here in that in that case. But yeah, this movie is a ninety million dollar Viking movie starring Alexander Skarsgård, mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman, Ethan Hawke, Anya Taylor Joy. And Willem Dafoe, mm-hmm. so star-studded, actor-studded, uh, high, high-end actor-studded, right? But not Leo. This isn't Leo top-lining your ninety million dollar movie. This is not it's, the Revenant. No. Right, right, right. So yeah, right now this thing is tracking at. Ten, oh no, five to ten, which makes sense to me because I mean, mm-hmm. it's just my thought is 90 million for this. Uh, were they expecting it to make money? Because Viking yeah. movies don't make money, yeah, and and, and- you know, this is a Viking movie, but it's also a a very dark-seeming Viking movie. You know, because, like, Viking movies make money if you want to count Thor as a Viking movie. Yes. You know. But, obviously, Thor is a superhero. He's a spaceman. And he's a fun Viking. You know, he's a jokey, you know viking who goofs around the northman when you see the other reason why we would have thought this is an a24 movie is when you watch the ads or the trailer for the northman it plays like every dreary already a24 movie which not to say it doesn't look good i mean we're both excited to see this movie mm-hmm. but the the vibe of this movie is not come out and have a good time no, you know it is come out and indulge in the drudgery of olden times and revenge. It's like Robert Eggers thought, you know, all that Viking media that you see that makes it seem cool. Well, here's the mm-hmm. real truth behind it, right? And it's right. Well, most of the Viking stuff I've seen is pretty brutal. So now. Right. I put in Viking 
Vikings as a keyword in the numbers. Mm-hmm. And now the numbers is not the best. We we use no. it under I don't want to say duress, duress, but yeah, I mean I'll say duress. We do use it under Listen, duress. Listen. And, and what go has, back in the archives, we had Brandon Gray, creative box office mojo on. Gotta have him on again, by the way, but he talked about how Box Office Mojo, of course, was destroyed after it was bought by Amazon. So we have no choice but to use the numbers. It's the lesser of two evils. Yeah. So they have the How to Train Your Dragon movies, which I guess do take place during Viking times. But those are not Viking movies. Yeah. But the only other Viking movie that they have under here that really had any significant box office, and it's not significant— is the 13th Warrior from August of 1999, the Antonio Banderas starer, Mm -hmm. which had a $125 million budget. Its opening weekend was $10 million, and its domestic box office haul was 32.6. So, obviously, huge failure. Mm -hmm. And then there's been Viking movies previous to this, I believe, but if we're talking in a modern age of Hollywood. This is probably mm-hmm. the the biggest Viking movie that's been out. I, I, unless, email us if you can think of another Viking movie that the numbers did not mention. Well, here's a movie that I'll throw out there as a comp. And it's not a Viking movie, but it's got the same general, I would say, genre and, and definitely the same vibe in the trailer. And that is The Green Knight. From last July, from July 2021, which you know that is a uh, uh, an an epic type movie. It's a fantasy movie, you know. But Vikings and knights and dragons and sea monsters—they all end up in the same general, I think, genre at this point, which is action stuff from a long time ago mm-hmm. you know like knights and vikings uh, once you get far enough down into history they're all the same you know the, the, was did vikings fight dragons i don't know I, I didn't read the history books and the color palette tends to be the same for these kind of movies yes yes and the green knight was i'm looking up and the budget for that was only 15 million But if you watch the trailer for The Northman and you watch the trailer for The Green Knight, your expectations aren't that different. You know, I think The Green Knight, the trailer did a good job of making it seem like a bigger movie than it actually was. And I think The Northman, which again, looks great. I'm a huge fan of Robert Eggers. I think this movie will be good. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't seem to be much more of a blockbuster than the green knight was so to me i don't think that the northman is going to even though it is got six times the reported budget of the green knight i don't think it's necessarily going to get a a bigger audience than that did i think it's going to be the same people seeing both and you know green knight opened last july to 6.7 million dollars that was a much worse Time for movies, you were still in the weird zone of like people weren't fully back going to the movies yet. So the Northman has a better context of when it's opening. But I mean, also the Green Knight came out at a time when 
that summer 2021, the, the choice of movies was so bad. Mm-hmm. And the Northman is coming out, you know, with a, just a ton of big movies that already came out. It's coming up against other big movies opening. So it might play exactly the same. The Northman might just open to Green Knight numbers. I... Ha- well, I, I will take umbrage with one thing. When you said the Green Knights trailer did a good job, you said did a good job of making it seem bigger than it was. I actually think as a trailer, that's then a bad. I mean, it's a good job in the sense of it tricks people, which we all know A24 yes. likes to trick people. I feel which like I think it did. At the end of the day, it's bad in the long run because then the trust isn't there. I mean, I think that's that's everything everywhere all at once. And we talked about this previously, had to fight the A24 bad trailer machine to get people to actually trust that it could be cool. Yeah. But you know what? In the end, people forget. People get tricked over and over and over again. So I think the main thing with these trailers is get them in the door because the next time you put out a trailer, they're going to forget about the last trailer that tricked them. Now, here's my uh, here's my thought though with with Norsemen. Mm-hmm. There is Northmen, not Norsemen. So though that that could have could have also been the title they could have went with. With a swell with a swelled tongue, it sounds like, you know, when you mm-hmm. when you say Nor- Northmen, it sounds like Norsemen. Now, I feel like there's a whole group of weightlifting young people. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that a lot of young people and older people, even people our age, are all about weights now, mm-hmm. even more mm-hmm. so than they used to be? There's always the gym rats. There's always the guys who were pumped up. And we went through the 80s where everybody wanted to be pumped. But now it's become, oh, to be healthy, you have to be able to you have to be able to take 300 pounds and deadlift it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this feels like that kind of film. This feels like it it could tap into that market of gym rats who are like, I want to see this buffed up beefcake dude fight people. Mm-hmm. And they might not be the ones who go see your Sonics or your Marvel movies. They're the ones who are always in the gym. They got the big gallons of water they're drinking from, from the, from the, plastic jugs and they might bring their plastic jugs to the theater for this so there might be an untapped market here of aggro health Mm -hmm. quote-unquote health conscious bodybuilders who might come and see this movie yeah i think though this movie hasn't done a good job marketing it marketing towards those people you know, because listen, Alexander Skarsgård, he looks like a complete beast. He's a fantastic beast. Mm-hmm. You know, when you see him in this trailer, the dude is shredded. He looks great. But unlike the 80s movies, the 80s action movies that played to the uh, uh, gold gym culture of the 80s, you know, and they would have Arnie and they'd have Sly and they'd have uh, Bruce, you know, front and center on the poster, curling their arms, showing off the muscles. The Northman isn't really pushing that. You know, Alexander Skarsgård is obviously ripped in the trailer, but they don't focus on that. I'm looking at the poster right now, 
and you've got Alexander Skarsgård shirtless, but the rest of the cast is standing in front of him. We don't see his muscles. We're not focused on his muscles. And the 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 crowd that wants to go revel in muscles and and, and drink their electrolytes and and bask in muscles, they're not being catered to in this marketing. Again, this has been a very Robert Eggers, the witch, A24 style marketing campaign, even though it's a $90 million universal movie. So you, you don't know, so think- I, I don't think that crowd's coming out because I don't think this movie's being uh, marketed towards them. You don't think this could be the new 300? I don't. I, 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 I think that there is a version of the marketing for this movie that gives you that for sure. But you look at the Northman trailer, it does the A24 trailer thing of having a creepy noise or a creepy saying repeated over and over again through the trailer. Mm-hmm. You know, the 300, I, I, I'm, I'm sure that trailer was playing like Slipknot or something, you know, like that trailer was all about the ass kicking and the marketing was all about the ass kicking and the teamwork and you know we're gonna we're gonna beat the bad guys. The Northman is all. It does seem like it's about the weirdness and the suffering, and they're not showing off this dude's body the way they should. They're not. Uh, uh, I think they're they're hiding the the sex appeal with your Nicole Kidman's and your Anya Taylor Joys. I I don't think they're catering to the three hundred crowd. They're not catering to the Jim Rats crowd now. And and. That's going to call that's again, it's going to put them in green night territory, the box office. Now, 300 opened in 2007, March 9th, 2007. Can you wager a guess? Let's see how good you are here. What did because this was a surprising opening at the time. Do Mm. you remember in the ballpark of what this opened at? Did it hit 70? You nailed it, buddy. 70, 70. 70.8. Did it? It hit. God, I am great. You are great. I You're a great, great man. Yeah. With a yeah. great brain. Wow. And not wow. not a too bad body either. But you know what? You're seeing as much of mine as you uh, in Northman advertising as you are of of uh Alexander Skarsgård, and that's a mistake. That is a mistake. You're right. So, domestic box office 210 for for the 300. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, uh, the Northman is going to end up way closer to the Green Knights total than it is to uh, uh, the 300. And to me, it feels like it's a marketing thing. And maybe the marketing is true to what this movie really is, but that's not the type of movie that that busts out at the box office. Well, if we're it's talk- maybe a movie we're going to love, but it's not a movie that is going to open to $40 million. Well, if we're talking about marketing... There was a mm-hmm. whole hullabaloo about the subway ads for the Northman. Do you remember this? There was posters put up without the name of the movie on the poster. Oh my god! So it's too esoteric. It's too. It's this is not how you market a blockbuster. Yeah, I mean, they people could have thought it was a Geico commercial. Right, right. It's a Geico poster. Yeah. yeah. So, Listen, when when you spend $90 million on a movie and the marketing leads people to believe that this movie was released by A24 
you have done a bad job marketing you, that, your movie. You nailed it. The, the, you so nailed it. That is the big issue here is that people think this is an A24 movie and that is bad. Yeah. Yeah. So what are we saying here? Five to ten. I mean. Uh, It'd be hard for me to. I, I, you know what? I'm just going to. I'm going to go with uh, the opening weekend of Green Knight. I'm going to say 6.7. All right. I, think it, I mean. I think the same. The same people sit in the same seats that they sat in to watch Green Knight. They go there and they relive it with the Northman. 6.7. And guess what? I hope it's massive. I hope it breaks out in such oh, an insane way. But it's, I, I don't feel like it's going to. And you're right. It's the marketing. It's a marketing issue. So let's, we do have to move a little faster through these last two. So let's go on to uh, the other big live action release, which is the unbearable weight of, what is this called? Massive talent. Of, of massive talent. So this is Nick Cage as Nick Cage in a winking action comedy where it sort of plays on the whole Nick Cage uh, has been a, a, you know, he's been getting hired to do small movies and weird jobs the last 10 years. So he's sort of playing off of that public persona. And, you know, listen, we're, as of now, we're both going to see this on Friday. We're looking forward to it. The trailer for this movie has played really well every time I've seen it the last uh, month or so before other movies. Is this going to break out? You know, is this a movie that is going to quote unquote bring comedy back at the box office? So this is a Lionsgate film. Right now it's tracking Mm -hmm. from 6 to 11. Mm -hmm. I think that this is a internet, Twitter driven buzz movie and mm-hmm. i think it will underperform at the box office because this you is you think it's a snakes on the plane it's a snakes on a plane exactly this is something mm-hmm. that people love to talk about oh how funny it's gonna be oh we love nicholas cage tweets aren't ticks these people right. will not put down their hard-earned money to see this movie they will wait until it comes to streaming this looks to me like a movie that would break out on Netflix for a week and be talked about for a week and then go away. And they're putting it in a right. theater. And listen, I think it looks fun. I'm excited to see this. We are fans of big screen comedy whenever it's put out. And it's rarely put out. This, to me, is all buzz and no bite. Yeah, it's a tough premise to imagine going mainstream because... It's so much about knowing what Nicolas Cage's career has been the last 10 years. And that is that is not something that day-to-day people care about. I mean, there is the degree of you could see this trailer and just get it's going to be funny and have action. And Nick Cage is obviously a big star that people have been familiar with for about 30 years at this point. So mm-hmm. that does have mainstream things going for it you know it's a it's a gun comedy with a famous guy that everyone knows is a big star um but yeah i kind of agree it would be surprising if this movie ends up on the high end is in double digits you know it's like 
those kick-ass movies Nicolas Cage was in, or at least he was in the first one, those weren't big hits. You know, it's like uh, there's not a lot of precedent for thinking that a Nick Cage movie right now is going to be some kind of big mainstream hit. The people who are talking about how funny and cool this movie is going to be are going to go see The Northman. They're not going to go see the unbearable weight of massive talent because we we still got to talk about theaters are for big movies now at this point, right? Mm-hmm. And Unbearable Weight of Talent is not a big movie. There's nothing on the screen there that needs to be seen on a big screen. I think The Northman, the best way to see it is on the big screen. The best way to see any movies on the big screen, but I'm just talking of in course. general, a comedy like this can be seen on your iPhone. The people right. who are talking about this movie are getting the same amount of a kick out of it just talking about it than seeing it. So that is bad. The memes from this movie are going to be more widespread than the people who actually see this film. It's a shame because I would, I hope a comedy breaks out at some point, but it's got to be something bigger and different than this. And also, Nicolas Cage can be seen anywhere at any time. There's nothing special about this. There's nothing special. It's not like The Lost City where you have Sandy Bullock coming back to the big screen with Channing Tatum and Brad Pitt. These are people who are on the big screen and it's a big deal. Nicolas Cage, Mm -hmm. you can see him anywhere. And I guess it's a big deal that he's back on the big screen, but it's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. I think comedies will come back, but it's going to take a a big name in comedy to bring it back, or something you know, new. It'll be or or something new. Yeah, that's true. Like I mean, an Apatow, it, 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 like when Apatow came on the scene with Forty Year Old Virgin, that was like a huge deal. Right. Comedy right, needs an auteur. Right. right, 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 right. It'll be some kind of like Eric Andre star. That'll that'll be the hangover of of you know of modern times, or to be a Sarah Squirm movie. Who knows? Right, 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 right. Or them in a rom com, you know, something like that. But yeah, and, and just look at the title of this movie: "The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent." Like I couldn't even remember it because mm-hmm. it's such a you know self referential goofy title, which is fine. Again. I do think this will probably be really good. I'm excited to see it, but this is not going to be the movie that brings comedy back. It's too niche. And I would go with the lower end of expectations for this too. It it could end up just making like five or $6 million. Uh, that was my thought. I think five. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I would love to come back here next week and, and talk about how this movie made $16 million opening weekend, but that would be a surprise. I think though, the safest bet of the three movies coming out next weekend is the final one here. The animated film, bad guys, which is a, what's dude? This is a DreamWorks. DreamWorks. Yeah. Distributed by universal. So universal is putting out two movies against each other. They're putting out The Northman, which is, I mean, that's focus features, but that funnels up to Universal. Mm -hmm. And then Universal is putting out this animated The Bad Guys movie. Uh, It's a computer animated crime works film. 
and the voices you have here are Sam Rockwell, Mark Marin, Lock the Gates, Anthony Ramos, Craig Robinson, and Aquafina. Yeah. So those are the big name voices here. So Clayton, I'll throw to you. Is Mark Marin about to, like he had with Joker, be the star of the number one movie in America this weekend? No, I don't. I don't think so because uh, this is not tracking very high. It's actually tracking anywhere from ten to fifteen, which I don't think is going to be enough to beat Fantastic Beasts. Do you don't think it will be? Uh, uh, do you think Fantastic Beasts is going to drop so precipitously that it makes? $15 million next weekend. So here is my prediction. This is where we'll get to differ a bit. I think Bad Guys is going to go over the tracking. I think this movie is going to end up in the 20s. Okay. It's a kid's movie. The rats need their cheese. It's the credo of the show. This is cheese. The, the, the rats did not like last week's cheese, which is Fantastic Beasts. This is a cartoon movie. It's It's a... It's a movie that reminds you of Despicable Me, you know, where it's like, oh, look at these fun bad guys, these fun robbers. So I think it's got that feel to it. And Fantastic Beasts made $42 million last weekend. It is going to drop at least 60% next weekend, if not more. Uh, it probably you drops know? in the 70s if we're being realistic, right? Because Morbius so dropped that it, high. So let's say it drops at 70. What that means is that it will drop about $25 million. You know, so Fantastic Beasts could easily next weekend only make 16, 17, 18 million dollars. Okay. You know, Fantastic Beasts is not going to make in the 20s. Fantastic Beasts is probably going to make under 20. Mm-hmm. And I think Bad Guys makes over 20. So you know what? Let's just go into it now. Do it. Let's do our predictions for next weekend. I'm going next weekend. Mark Marin locks the gates. He has the number one movie in America, much like he did back in the day with Joker. And Bad Guys is number one. Then number two is going to be, I think this is, listen, we predicted it last weekend, but I think it happens this weekend. I think number two is Sonic the Hedgehog part two. Wow. And then I think number three is Fantastic Beasts Part 3. And then we're looking at Lost City, number four. And I then go... What about Northman? Northman, number five. Wow. Northman, you don't think beats beats Lost City? Nope. So that's where I'm going. Lost City made $6 million this weekend. That's where I'm going. What is your top five? All right. Well, I mean, I think, I mean, bad guys, I do think is going to go higher than it's tracking because Sonic, Sonic is not, it's not that it didn't have a a good hold because 59 is great, but it's not a phenomenon that it's going to suck all the air out. Like kids are going to want something new. It's been two weeks. Mm -hmm. So I don't think Sonic's strong enough to keep kids from seeing the bad guys, right? Mm-hmm. So just to be different, I would love if I would love if Fantastic Beasts dropped that much and the Bad Guys was number one. But I'm going to go Fantastic Beasts number one. I'm going to go Bad Guys number two. Okay. Number 
three, I'm going to go Sonic. Mm-hmm. Number four, I'm going to go Northman. Mm-hmm. And then number five, I'm going to go Lost City. Great. That's my Great. top five. I, I'm, I'm very excited for next weekend. I would be shocked, honestly, if Fantastic Beasts is number one again. I, I definitely think the bad guys is going to go over because it's, it's a new cheese. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Well, then um, next next week there's really nothing going coming out the, after this this next weekend. The 49th is just a Liam Neeson movie, so we're gonna get to dig into a lot of stuff. We're gonna talk a little bit about the uh, the indie theaters and uh, adults coming back, which is something we wanted to talk about this week, but we didn't get a chance to. But we will be able to talk about that next week. Great. All right, Clayton. I think we did it. We definitely did do it. Pat, where can they find us? Email us at the Podcast at gmail.com. Of course, we love getting your emails. Like we, we've talked about emails from Micah at the McCaw Podcast Universe and our boy Austin. And of course, Danny. Catch him at Ice Screen, You Scream for Movies. And email us at the Podcast at gmail.com and join those luminaries. And of course, Listen to us right now on a brand new episode of Cinema Spending. It's a new movie business podcast that's out there. We got to guest uh, and, and had a great time. So that podcast is available wherever you're listening to us right now. Yeah. And I think there's nothing left to say except for until next time. We'll, we'll smell, smell you. you. At, at the, the box, box office. office. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs>